0: Welcome to the Brooke Club, I'm Brooke. In this episode, I will be discussing the book Verity by Colleen Hoover. I loved this book so much so I rated it a 9.9 out of 10. I read it in one evening. This is a spooky fast-paced romantic thriller and I'm extra interested in discussing this book because the ending leaves the reader with a question. As the title suggests, a theme in this book is truth what is the truth we will discuss the ambiguous ending of this book we will debate manuscript versus letter but first two quick warnings one there will be spoilers as i just said i will be discussing the end of the book so major spoiler alert if you haven't read verity stop listening to this and go read it it's that good that being said if you're looking for a summary of the book and you don't mind it being spoiled you are in the right place for that as well second warning this book and subsequently this podcast full of potentially triggering themes so if you're triggered by discussions of murder including child murder child neglect and abuse as well as intrusive thoughts regarding suicide murder and child abuse this may not be the book for you before we get into debating the validity of verity's writing i want to quickly summarize the story and discuss my overall thoughts and feelings regarding the plot and characters So let's start at the beginning. Lowen Ashley, a writer in New York, meets handsome Jeremy Crawford after witnessing a man getting hit by a truck on a busy Manhattan street. Jeremy sees Lowen standing on the sidewalk with blood on her shirt and asks if she's all right. He leads her to a coffee shop where he gives her his shirt and because they just witnessed this accident, it leads them to begin discussing their own recent trauma. For Jeremy, he tells Lowen that he pulled his daughter out of the lake behind his house five months ago. And for Lowen... She says her mother just passed away from cancer after being on hospice. Throughout the book, I found myself waiting for Jeremy to do something nefarious, and this started at their initial interaction when he closes them into the coffee shop bathroom while she's changing. Although this, th- although this could seem like a nice gesture, <laughs> I was waiting for something bad to happen, which is sort of how I felt about Jeremy the entire way through the story. At this point, Lowen is attracted to Jeremy, but she sees that he's wearing a ring. They go their separate ways. Lowen crosses the street to have a meeting with her publisher, and surprise, surprise, who's at the meeting but Jeremy? And he is asking Lowen to finish writing the last three books in his wife Verity's book series, as she's unable to do so after being in a car accident. After some negotiation between Lowen and the publishers, she agrees to write the final three books in Verity's nine-book series. Jeremy invites Lowen to sift through his wife's office in order to find drafts and notes on the books she will be co-writing with Verity. Now, her office is at their home, and they live out of state, so this requires Loan to stay in the master bedroom of their beautiful home Um, and at first she is apprehensive and confused about why she's asked to do this. She's a published author, but she isn't very well known. Jeremy tells her that his wife has read one of her books and that she's a fan. We find out later that this is a lie and that Jeremy was the one that read one of Lohan's books and that it was his suggestion that they contact her to co-write with Verity. Once Loan moves into the Crawford home, she learns that after her car hits a tree, Verity is unable to take care of herself, move, or respond, and is confined to a hospital bed in the upstairs guest room of the house. Verity doesn't even look when someone enters the room, and she's taken care of routinely by two separate nurses, except late at night when Jeremy takes over her care. Lowen quickly learns that not only had Jeremy lost a daughter to drowning, but months prior, her twin sister had died of anaphylaxis after eating peanuts. Lowen hears a rumor that Verity crashed her car into a tree on purpose after losing her twin daughters as a, a suicide attempt. The readers and Lowen's first impression of Verity and Jeremy's son crew is that he's a little creepy, and this impression carries throughout a lot of the book. Uh, for me at least. For example, at one point in the book, Crew found, is found on the floor beside his mother's bed with a knife. He becomes extremely upset when he catches Lowen looking through a box of family photos. Before this, his dad had told Lowen that Crew never talked about the death of his sisters. In the end, Crew and Jeremy are not the villains, although we can discuss whether jeremy's actions towards verity are appropriate later on and i want to discuss jeremy as a character in general but in the end i believe crew is a traumatized child since losing both his sisters and in a way losing his mom too but i don't think he had bad intentions i don't think he's a bad kid he's just so young and he's still grieving also i think some of his odd behavior can be explained by his age he's only five right jeremy is also trying to help Crewe get through his grief by putting him in therapy. Once settled into the Crawford home, Lowen investigates Verity's office. She reads her writing and is impressed with the way Verity so aptly writes from the villain's perspective. She finds a manuscript written by Verity that seems to be an autobiography. The manuscript starts with Verity meeting Jeremy for the first time and ends after the death of their twins. And the last thing Verity writes is, I'll just drive my car into a tree, which is what seemingly happened. Now, this manuscript describes Verity's obsession with her husband and details their extremely active sex life. The headboard biting? Mm Mm-hmm. And more disturbingly, Verity writes about hating her twin daughters, especially Harper. Harper is the one that ends up drowning. She writes about neglecting and abusing her twins. For instance, when they were babies, Jeremy would go to work and it became routine that Verity would turn off the baby monitor so she could go back to sleep and the twins would scream and cry all day with no one to take care of them. She also attempted to asphyxiate Harper when she was a baby by sticking her fingers down her throat and only stopped because Jeremy came into the room. The... Manuscript is just full of these very disturbing details. This hatred for her twins started when she became pregnant and became irrationally jealous of the love her husband had for these unborn babies. Because of this... She unsuccessfully attempted to abort the twins with a wire hanger. As I mentioned, she had a special hatred for Harper, and this started when Verity had a dream about Harper smothering Chastin with a pillow. Chastin is the other twin daughter. She writes that this dream was a premonition, that she knew Harper would eventually harm Chastin in real life. She used this premonition to excuse the way she abused Harper. She writes that she needed to protect Chastin. When Chasten dies after eating peanuts, Verity writes that she believes Harper gave her the peanuts on purpose in order to kill her. The way she narrates her thoughts and actions are extremely villainous and make her sound crazy. Lowen doesn't know if Verity is a sociopath or a psychopath, but she definitely fits the definition of pathological liar, which um, Lowen Googles. Loen feels somewhat guilty reading this manuscript because it's so intimate, but she's also horrified by what Verity is admitting, and she wants to know the truth. At the same time, she's getting to know Jeremy through the manuscript, including learning what he's like in bed. Meanwhile, in real life, she's getting to know Jeremy and ends up sleeping with him in his and his wife's bed, because remember, she's staying in their master bedroom. Which leads me to what I thought were the spookiest parts of the book. Lowen is told that Verity is bedridden, but she keeps seeing Verity out of bed. One of the spookiest moments was when she's making out with Jeremy on the couch downstairs, and she looks up and sees Verity at the top of the stairs watching them make out, looking extremely angry, and um, she turns around and walks back into her room. Lowen tells Jeremy what she saw, but Jeremy says that's not possible, which is what he tells her every time um, she says that she sees Verity out of bed. Crew is also telling uh, Lowen that his mom talks to him, including when he says that she told him not to play with her knife. Concerning, especially since Lowen has looked had looked for the knife in Verity's room after previously seeing it, and she doesn't find the knife. Lowen later asked Crew to clarify if his mom talks to him and instead of responding, he bites down on a knife. Obviously this child is scared or traumatized, probably both. His mom probably told him not to tell anyone about their conversations and that's why he refused to answer Lowen's question and instead created a diversion. Now initially when I read this book I assumed the knife under Verity's bed was to protect herself from her husband. It's also possible that she's using the knife to threaten Crewe. Crewe seems to enjoy spending time with his mom but maybe this is not the case. If she's a child abuser it's very possible that she's continuing her abuse with Crewe and that the knife is used to threaten or hurt him. Loan has her own past trauma that unfolds throughout the story. She's a sleepwalker and when sleepwalking as a child, she jumped from a railing outside breaking her wrist. As an adult, part of her wonders if she did this on purpose to hurt herself. Jeremy suggests putting a lock on the outside of her bedroom door so she is unable to sleepwalk out of the room and hurt herself. Of course, further feeding my suspicion of Jeremy and his potential control issues, On one occasion the two of them are locked in the bedroom together and we learn later that verity locked them in there when she was supposedly writing her letter to jeremy i assume if you're listening to this you've read verity so i won't summarize the book chapter by chapter but suffice it to say that while lowen is staying in the crawford home she is simultaneously doing research for her writing reading verity's manuscript and falling in love with verity's husband as the reader we get chapters from verity's manuscript interspersed between chapters of lowen researching for the book she's writing and the evolution of her relationship with jeremy i personally loved the manuscript chapters and i wanted lowen to read them faster because i needed to know what happened to harper finally in the final two chapters in the manuscript verity admits to drowning harper by tipping a canoe while boating on the lake behind their home with harper and crew so, what happened was she whispered to Crew to hold his breath. She capsizes the canoe, and she swims back to shore with Crew. She obviously has to pretend to try and rescue Harper and act upset when Jeremy and the police arrive. Harper gets tangled in Jeremy's lost fishing line under the water and drowns, which is what is depicted on the cover of the book, the um, child wrapped in the yellow fishing line. She worries that Harper's death will be even harder for Jeremy to process than Chastin's death, which is not something she had anticipated. Lowen is disturbed after reading about the murder of Harper, obviously, so much so that she throws up in the toilet. But she specifically mentions what Verity did to Jeremy. Jeremy doesn't even know who his wife was slash is, and... Lowen assumes that he doesn't know that Verity killed Harper. And the most obvious explanation for this is that Lowen feels protective of Jeremy and wants to get him as far away from Verity as possible. <clears throat> she tells Jeremy that she feels bad for him, that he has to take care of Verity, and she begins to realize that she has information that will certainly make Jeremy stop loving Verity. Throughout the book, it seems like Lowen prioritizes her relationship with Jeremy above, you know, finding out the truth, above seeking justice for the kids. Even so, Lowen doesn't tell Jeremy about the manuscript until towards the end of the book, which leads us to the climax, and the climax of this book I found very satisfying, um, but the twist made the book worth the read for sure, but first the climax. Jeremy reads about his wife killing Harper and is immediately understandably enraged. He confronts his wife and realizes she's been faking her injuries and honestly he doesn't give her time to explain herself before he becomes homicidal. Lowen tells him to make it look like an accident for the sake of crew um, so his father doesn't end up in prison and he doesn't end up alone with a dead mom and a in a dad in prison. That's what she tells Jeremy, but I think she was concerned about Jeremy potentially going to prison and leaving her alone. At Lowen's suggestion, Jeremy kills his wife by sticking his fingers down her throat, which is obviously reminiscent of Verity doing the same thing to Harper when she was a baby. They make it look like she died in her sleep after choking on her vomit. The story seems to be winding down after Lowen and Jeremy get away with murdering Verity. Seven months later, surprise, Lowen and Jeremy are expecting a child. Jeremy decides he's going to sell his house and the two of them with Crew are at the house moving out the last boxes. Crew comes up to Lowen with some drawings and she's like, what are those? Because, as I just said, the house is pretty much empty at this point. They're just moving out the last boxes. Crew says that they are pictures he drew for his mom and that he forgot she used to keep them in the floor. Lowen investigates, and sure enough, under the floorboards in Jeremy's old room, sorry, Verity's old room, she finds photos of the twins, her knife, and a letter addressed to Jeremy. The letter explains that Verity wrote the manuscript because her editor Amanda suggested a writing exercise to help Verity write from an antagonist's perspective. Amanda called this practice antagonistic journaling and it required Verity to write about real events in her life but with the inclusion of inner dialogue opposite to what she was really thinking during these events. Amanda made this suggestion at a dinner that Jeremy was present for and in the letter Verity writes essentially Jeremy, this would have been a great time for you to look up for your f- from your phone because this conversation was potentially the genesis of this whole tragedy Tragedy. I personally think someone should check with Amanda to verify whether or not this conversation happened Just an idea If the letter is true, as the reader, we don't know Verity at all. From the beginning of the manuscript, when she met Jeremy, she portrays herself as a thief and a seductress, not to mention a manipulative wife and an abusive, murderous mother. If the letter is true, Verity isn't the evil monster we thought she was, and she certainly didn't deserve to die. Um, immediately after she reads the letter, Loan is worried. If Jeremy reads it, the relationship she's built with Jeremy will be ruined. This seems to be her main concern. I'm sure she wants her baby's dad out of prison, you know, her man out of prison. Again, her relationship with Jeremy being her top priority. She tears up the letter, swallows some of the paper, flushes The rest down the toilet she believes verity to be a cruel and abusive mother as well as a master liar and manipulator but now she wonders if that's true she and jeremy murdered verity did she deserve to die or did they kill an innocent person at the end of the book lowen says that it's clear quote verity is a master at manipulating the truth but which truth is she manipulating The letter was a mind-blowing twist. I loved it. The more I thought about it, the more evidence I found to back up both sides, (laughs) the manuscript and the letter. This is what makes the book so perfect. There are reasons that support Verity being a killer psychopath and evidence that she's actually a loving mother and not a killer. I have questions to pose. First, in defense of the manuscript being true, I understand that Verity explains in her letter that the manuscript is a writing exercise. That being said, realistically, would a mother who loves her children be able to write about loathing, hurting them, and even killing one of her daughters if that wasn't true? She did say that writing the manuscript helped her process the death of her twins. I'm not a mom, but that's pretty heavy. Wouldn't that be hard to write about as a mom who does love her kids? On the other hand, her editor tells her to write the opposite of what she really thinks or feels. Perhaps she was doing just that and, the, and taking the writing exercise seriously. If that were the case, then she is devastated and heartbroken that her daughters have died, right? Another point... Verity writes that Jeremy had already known about the manuscript and had been so upset by Verity's confession of killing Harper that he crashed her car and staged it to look like an accident only she was involved in, which is what led her to being brain damaged and bedridden, or so we thought at the beginning of the book. This explains why he hadn't taken long to read the manuscript when Lowen showed it to him for what she thought was the first time. He didn't need to take the time to read the manuscript because he already read it with that in mind should jeremy have told lowen the truth about verity's accident that's a pretty big secret and they are in a full-on relationship at this point whether or not you believe jeremy was justified in killing his wife lowen is now dating a wife killer according to the letter verity wanted to get crew and herself out of the house before jeremy learned the truth But was she so afraid of her husband that she couldn't explain to him the truth that the manuscript was fake if this was the case? What would happen if Jeremy and Verity had a face-to-face conversation? What would happen if she walked up to him and said, I have some things to explain? I guess this is my ultimate question. She had a long time in bed faking her injuries. What would happen if she stood up and tried to explain the um, that the manuscript was a writing exercise. Now, I understand Jeremy tried to kill her once, allegedly, and she is afraid enough to keep a knife under her bed if this was the purpose of the knife. Maybe she's afraid that now not only does he think she murdered their daughter, but she's faked her medical condition for months, and Jeremy might be even more upset. Was Lowen's reaction to Jeremy wanting to kill Verity appropriate? I'd like to think that if I were in her shoes, I would give Verity a moment to explain herself. Amazing what a face-to-face combo can accomplish. Verity's also extremely manipulative, so who knows how that conversation would go. Typically, I would say going to the police is a better solution than murder. Again, she is extremely manipulative, so it's possible that she would have gotten away with her abuse and with murder. Who knows? Another thought I had, in the manuscript, Verity is illogically infatuated with her husband, to the point of being extremely jealous of the love her husband has for her own children, as mentioned and in the letter she basically says, of course I don't actually want to have sex with my husband all the time and of course I'm not that obsessed with him, which to me sounds much more realistic than the way she was describing the relationship in the manuscript. In the manuscript, the relationship sounds like fiction, not to be cynical, but relationships are not typically that intoxicating and that all-consuming on the other hand if the manuscript was true maybe her obsessive personality was a part of her disorder she was obviously mentally unwell mentally disturbed and if she does have those intrusive thoughts and she really did kill harper perhaps she is the obsessive jealous person we know her to be speaking of jealousy it could be seen as suspicious that verity started writing the letter once she saw jeremy and Lowen together was this retaliation aimed specifically at them? If this is the case, the letter would be Verity's final form of manipulation, a last chance to clear her name and possibly break up Lowen and Jeremy. Again, we know her to be an extremely jealous person, and that is her husband that Lowen is messing with. Verdi is polarizing and interesting to dissect, but I want to talk about the other two main characters as well because I have mixed feelings about Loen and Jeremy. From the beginning of the story, Loen seems depressed. She's dealing with the death of her mother who she had a complicated relationship with. She's dealing with her own childhood trauma. She's almost complete, completely isolated. Um, from everyone before arriving at the Crawford home, and add this to the fact that Lowen is blinded by her love for Jeremy. Add this all together and that makes her an unreliable narrator. Jeremy's faults are not talked about much in this book as a result of Lowen being an unreliable narrator, perhaps jeremy is portrayed as a present caring generous human which i don't think encapsulates him fully especially after everything he's been through did it seem like lowen fell for him fast maybe lowen has an obsessive personality or perhaps codependency issues having a mom who's afraid of you perhaps facilitates codependency tendencies or desperation she did intentionally steal Verity's husband, and from their initial interaction, it seemed like Lowen and Jeremy trauma bonded. They've both been through so much individually and together, death of loved ones on both sides. Do these two people have a codependent relationship as a result of this trauma bonding, or are they really in love? I go back and forth on what I think the truth is, but I want to believe that Cheston and Harper had a mother who cared for them and that both their deaths were accidental. Call me an optimist, but not really because if that were the case, then their mother was murdered unjustly. So really no happy ending either way. This is an open-ended story. I don't think Colleen Hoover intended the reader to come to a definitive conclusion immediately or maybe ever. And I appreciate that because this book sticks in my mind and I want to reread it. It's a book I think about in the shower before I go to bed. But what do you think is the truth? Email me at brookclubpod at gmail.com. That's Brooke with an E at the end. That's how I spell my name, brookclubpod at gmail.com send me any other questions or comments about the podcast as well also this week i read two other books and i won't spoil them i just want to give my general thoughts the first book i read was the push by ashley audrain this book was well written it had short chapters which i love um it was depressing (laughs) no reprieve from the depression at all very depressing no sprinkles of joy Um, It was heavy. This story is one of grief. It's about a grieving mother who lost a son and whose daughter is potentially responsible for the death of that son. Um, It was emotionally exhausting to read. I didn't think the ending was super satisfying. Um, Like I said, well written. I read it very quickly. Just be prepared for Emotional exhaustion if you decide to read it. Now the second book I read was The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins This is another thriller. It was really fun to read a little predictable, but I would recommend reading it Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it What is a book you want to hear me discuss on an upcoming episode? Send me book recommendations, please! Listen next Sunday for the next episode of The Brook Club, where I will be summarizing and dissecting the book Invisible Girl by Lisa Jewell.